we're going to learn how to be and live remarkable from our special guest. Now, it's the first Friday of fall, and we are so excited that you joined us today. Now, our guest today is Dennis Baltimore. Now, he's an international corporate leadership development and wellness keynote speaker, a TEDx speaker, and a best-selling author, all in one. Now, he's known as an expert in human behavior, and he brings us proven tips that will help us in these rapidly changing times. Don't we need that? Yes, we do. Now, he's considered an expert in mindful leadership and behavior psychology. Now, he encourages and guides organizations and all his audiences into mindful performances, which leads to mindful productivity and success. Isn't that what we're all about? I want to give a big welcome today to our speaker who inspires and motivates us. Welcome, Dennis. Oh, thanks so much, Sue. It's a delight to be here and happy Fall Friday. Yes. Really excited to be with you and to talk about this because we want to, to, to be able to uplift people and have them feel better and perform better, like you said. Exactly. And you're coming to us from Atlanta, right? Atlanta, GA. That's it. That's it. The warm country. <laughs> it's a little chill here today, but it'll, it'll, it'll warm up a little bit. Absolutely. But now, I take it you've been speaking all your life, right? I have. Oh, hey, tell us how you got started in this speaking world. Well, first of all, I had to speak up a lot because of the oldest of 10, if you can believe that. So surviving that was something and learning how to have a voice. But, you know, my real uh, speaking start was in the seventh grade when I entered the local Optimist International Oratorical Contest. And I was 12 years old and, you know, I was excited at the opportunity, but I didn't understand when I entered and was accepted so that it was going to be in front of the whole school. I thought it was just going to be in front of the seventh graders. And, you know, I was pretty nervous, as you can imagine, uh, but but excited, too. And it was something different. And right before I went on, this interesting thing happened. So Miss O'Connor, who was our sort of guidance counselor, English teacher who was leading this, she was on the second row and she leaned up and she said, hey, Dennis, she knew I was nervous. You're going to do great. I believe in you. Go get them. And that really lifted me and pushed me through. And, you know, even though I was nervous and I didn't win and I didn't win the next year, but I was still in it too. You know, I started to have that bug, you know, that, that I know you have too, to be able to uplift others. And, you know, it's so neat now to these many years later to be a, a professional speaker, having, you know, learned some things in high school about speaking and then in college speech communications and all of that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like now to bring my heart into it as I did back then. I realized back then, gosh, you can get in front of a lot of people and you can help them shift their mindset about something. For me, it was like how to be a good citizen. I think it was back in the day. That was that original topic. But now it's, it's other things, as you know. That's amazing. You know, starting that young and you would not believe 
<laughs> this what is on my desk every day is to believe. Oh gosh. I mean, we didn't plan this, everybody. Not at all. I had no idea. But that was that was great. I said, that's key. That's key. Now, Dennis, you've got two best-selling books out. And I just want to thank you uh, for letting me have the copies. And we've got them displayed on our corporate bookshelf here at Remarkable for oh. all to see. But one is called Inspired. Now, it's a 365 days of mindful mojo. And then you've got this one, which is called Calm. <laughs> Don't we need that sometimes to, <laughs> in this world? Calm. And it's choosing to live mindfully. Now, I understand you're working on your third book, which is called Mindful Mojo for Leadership, right? Mm -hmm, correct. All right. right. Now, I know all through these that you spoke and you speak of mindful mojo in your TEDx talk and also uh, in your materials and everything. Now, let me ask you this. Why did you choose mindful mojo instead of just mindfulness? That's right. Well, it's a great topic. And, and I'm asked that often. My wife and I coined that term. Well, first of all, um, I, I want to thank you for recognizing uh, our books. And it, it's a delight to know that you and, and others really, uh, it's gratifying to know that you uh, really enjoy them. And uh, yeah, we, we coined that term. And, and here's why, Sue. You know, sometimes people misunderstand when you hear mindfulness and meditation and all of these sorts of practices. Uh, you, you get the impression that you're just going to be so chill and you're going to be so passive. You're not going to get anything done like you're all zened out and you're in the bliss and you do that all day. And, you know, they think this kind of stuff. Right. And I understand why they do. Uh, but now let me just tell you this. You will have sustainable peace if you if you do some of these things, if you practice being mindful and um, as for energy. Oh, my gosh. You know, you access these powerful parts of yourself. So you bring it forth you know, energies of clarity and confidence. And you mentioned resilience earlier, resilience. And therefore, the practices ignite all of that power within you and inspiration. And then you're able to convey that to other people, help them ignite and help them inspire. So, you know, the word mojo, we, we know what it's like when you don't have your mojo, like I woke up today and I just don't have my mojo, like my juice, my get up and go but these practices actually really do give you that that's wonderful that's a great explanation because otherwise i could see dennis people that might want to hire you to come to their organization or the audience or whatever would say what's it going to teach us to do right. you know what's yeah. it going to look like yeah. right do i have to join those people you right. know i mean that that's a connotation right I'm right. going to dispel that because you're right. Mojo means energy, right? It does. I don't want to be part of that. Call, but I, yeah, I want action. Yeah. And it's not, but you do have to do some things to make it worthwhile, right? Absolutely. That's, that's the key. Now, you've got a great motto that you go by in your company, and you've shared it with all of us that I dearly can, uh, can relate to. Because I think this is something we're all wanting. And we just really don't know how to get there. 
and that's where you come in. But, mm -hmm. but here's your motto. I just love it. It says, when you feel your best, you perform and live at your best. Now, how did you come up with that? Well, let's think about the times, you know, well, I'll start here. I observed that, you know, you never really hear anyone say, I need my life to become more hectic, more stressed out. I need more disturbance. You don't ever hear that. People want more peace. They want to find ways that they can sustain and keep that and feel better. And so, you know, I thought of, you know, when you don't feel good, gosh, you don't do well. You don't do well at work. You don't do well in your relationships. You're just not at your best, right? So the idea with all of this is to break it down into what you can control, which is yourself. Well, and looking at yourself being self-aware, self-care has to be number one. You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you start helping people with theirs. You have to take care of self first. And these practices that we talk about and mindfulness and other uh, stress management things that we teach has to do with becoming your higher self, getting in touch with connecting with your healthy self, your, a healthier mind, a healthier body. And therefore, you then become a better leader. You become a better parent, a better spouse, a better community member. But on the other hand, Sue, if you give and give and give until you play and give out, you're not you're not of a help to anyone else. You can't inspire people. You can't be such a great spouse, parent, or community member. So you have to take care of self first. It seems simple. But, and sometimes people initially do it. So they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a little something over here. I get out once a week and do this. But it's going to be a, a daily practice, really. That is so true. Because, you know, in my own life, I can see that. But when I was reading your book, The Inspired, on day 13, <laughs> said, move and enjoy, enjoy your body. And I thought, okay, this is one of the things, right? Oh, okay. And it's about exercise. Tell me more about what exercise, even though we all know we're supposed to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But tell us the value, the real value that it is to us in our lives so that we can be our best. Yeah. When, 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 for example, you do exercise, I always ask, ask th this question of audiences, what is the best form of exercise? And they're perplexed and they'll yell out running, walking, you know, hiking, things like this. But I'll say, actually, the best form of exercise is one that you'll do. You have to be able to sync up with your body, Sue. You're giving a great example with uh, day 13, uh, being able to uh, connect with your body. What is my body really asking of me? What do I really want? Now, you know that I, that I value being able to meditate and have other positive things first thing in the morning. When I do that, I'm better able to tune in, kind of like a little radio dial, tune into the body and the mind, get things set right. And that will give me energy, actually, to be able to do, you know, moving about in the world, including exercise. And so 
you know, no one, I don't think anyone on here is unaware of the value of, you know, doing, you know, doing some cardio, you know, doing some weight bearing exercises, et cetera. They're really, really important. And so is the mind. It's all one unit. And so how, how are you treating yourself? You want to treat yourself respectfully and with great care and be able to honor yourself and of course, honor other people. But again, it does begin with you and your total self-care, which in, includes mind and body. This is so true. And we've got comments coming. Thank you, Angela, for saying about the mojo. You know, <laughs> that, that's relating to people, which is really great because it gives us that strength, that energy, and gives us the energy to take care of our mind as well as our body. I'm learning that, you know, we got to do both. And in, in, in organizations today, Dennis, are you finding this? Is, I see this is so needed in corporate, in corporate settings today. And I'm seeing it all over, aren't you? That people yeah. want to put more time on self-care so they can be energized. They can perform. Um, so are you seeing this as you're out there with the leaders and in the organizations? Are you seeing this come into play? I really am, Sue. And I, and I know that you are, too. And, you know, it's unavoidable now when we're talking about self-care and, and, and your own mental health. You know, it, it is so important and it's at the forefront now. And so what are what are leaders asking for? This is what they reach out to to me for they they ask for things now that they didn't use to some years ago but they do it now like preventing burnout and stress reduction and uh, strengthening resilience and things like positive mental health positive mindsets uh, dealing effectively with change I mean these are things that are really uh, so key now in, in our world people are trying to adjust to so much it's no secret you know what we've had to deal with over the last few years, these seismic changes, and it's not over, is it? I mean, we, you know, even the, the whole thing with COVID, COVID brought blessings, didn't it? Brought, it brought us things like, you know, connections with others virtually, uh, gave us a chance to, to reassess in our lives and all, you know, for many people like, like us, it was, it was a really good thing. Others, you know, not so much. So, so they've had to adjust with that, but they've also had to adjust with this whole new world about how, how do I move through this? And, you know, employees are anxious to go physically back to work. And, you know, it's a new day, the great resignation, a lot of topics like that, that we all know are abounding. And so what it ends up doing is people are very thirsty. I, I would even say in many cases, downright desperate you know for measures that will help uplift and stabilize them that will ground their energies that will give them sustainable results you know that's that's what we tend to want and what what i teach and and, and what i convey in keynotes uh, isn't false hope we all want hope and need hope and i don't teach false hope you know in fact i i in, hopefully inspire people uh, but also give them very sustainable strategies proven strategies that they can use not like a panacea but certainly 
things that have worked for, for eons and the research backs it up. No question. Oh, that is so great because we all need that. And I think I can remember being in the corporate world. These were kind of called soft skills. Yes. No, no. Did they really have anything, you know, they, yeah, we need that, but that wasn't a focus today. I see a shift. Yes. Because they realize where that's going. Now, I also see that leaders, as you deal with a lot of leaders, they're in the same boat as everybody else, aren't they? Yeah. They're no different, are they? They're, re they're really not. Um, on, on the one hand, you know, they're uh, human like all of us, and, and they may have uh, uh, extraordinary skills or uh, accomplishments in a certain realm, but they're human too, too. And so they're not impervious to fear, anxiety, stresses, worries like most human beings have. But the difference, Sue, that I would say uh, is that they have double duty because not only are they, <clears throat> excuse me, managing their own stress levels, but they're also having to manage the stressors, the, the feelings, the concerns of their team or of their members. So they're having to kind of, you know, juggle both. So they really got to be taken, you know, pretty good care of themselves to start with. This is so true. Now, what tips can you bring to us today, mainly to leaders first, but I think they can apply to all of us where we feel like we can get on top of things. You know, that's, that's kind of, you know, this hectic rapid pace all the time, but I know this is what you bring out there. So can you just kind of give us those nuggets today? So, cause we'll certainly want more of you, but, um, what are some of those that we can do to get on top of things? Oh, such a such a great question. And it's an important one, too, because, you know, we can think of the things we probably shouldn't do, like staying on the phone too late at night, looking at the screen or watching something terrifying before bed. But there's things like even, you know, how you go to bed, you know, the last hours before you go to sleep. And then most importantly, how you do when you wake up, what do you do? initially when you wake up now y'all this is not the guilt portion of the program okay so right so but what happens a lot of times is what you know the cell phone starts dictating your life you, you get someone's rendition of what's important before you even kind of get a positive start to your day so you know there's a lot of things that you can do but they all have to do with positive morning rituals that i would say that that in the evening as well um, but with that, we have found in research that the most successful leaders in the world have these practices. And here's why, Sue, because they know, we know, and I practice this myself, and I know you do as well, that the morning is the foundation for the day. From there, you have the trajectory of the rest of your day. How do you want to start off your day, for example? So I would say for leaders, and to your point, even anyone, how do you want to start your day? It begins with you. And so being able uh, to start there, I think is, is number one for leaders because look, people, they're seeing how you live the message. Now you can inspire people with your words or you can turn them off by your words too, but nevertheless, they're going to be watching uh, your actions. How's this man how's this person how how does this individual live their life 
And that's actually the message. So the, that example is really, really key too. So the, what example am I, are you providing to those that you want to influence? And it, it's really key to be able to go back to those, not only those PM and AM practices, those are valuable, but also how you're monitoring yourself throughout the day, like not getting caught up in old programming, irrational beliefs, being able to pause, take pauses and being able to step away and examine your storyline, reassess, reevaluate, refresh in the moment and step forward. So these kind of things that you do between the bookends of the day are also uh, very, very important as well. So all of those things add up to having a more uh, influential pre presence, not only leadership in an organization, but, you know, in your home, in your community as well. That's a great place to start because the morning when you wake up is like, didn't our grandmothers used to tell us that we needed a good breakfast and we needed to start out a good day, right? No question. And we needed plenty of rest to do that. So it's really been here all along, hasn't it, Dennis? Yes. We, and we really do tap into, if we're willing, tap into old wisdom. We, we don't want to just stay with the old. We have to develop and we have to be open to new uh, information and so forth. But you have to. And here, you know, the, the great thing about this, this is, Sue, is that uh, people want agency. They want freedom. Isn't that true that we we really want freedom? We want agency. We want to be able to, to make better choices for our lives and those that we love and, and care for or have uh, influence over. But sometimes we get stuck in, like I said, that old patterning, you know, that old programming that goes on that's, you know, we probably came by it honestly, but it's imperative for us to begin to shift it mindfully moment by moment. And so one of the strongest things I can say, and oh my gosh, Sue, this is the best news and I'm, it's good to save it for last perhaps, is that the point of power is always in the present moment. This is a new day, this is a new opportunity. Doesn't matter what all happened in the past. Right, that was, that, that was then and this is now. So how do you want to move forward from this point? How do you want to be more successful? Well, if I keep doing some of the things that never worked, I know good and well, even they're just comfortable to do, uh, those don't work. I've got to shift and be open to some new ways, some new information so I can alter that neuro programming in my brain so that I feel better. And, you know, like we talked about, so that you feel your best and perform at your best. That's so true. Now, in our industry, which is speaking, and writing and all those things of communication, don't you see in our world that there's been such a pivot that we had to make, right? Yes, yes. Do you see that virtual is here to stay? I, I, I do, Sue, Sue, and you know, uh, so, some of us, and I'm not calling names or anything because there's ways I've dragged my feet before, but uh, some some people have really dragged their feet and it's like, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. We're going back to the old. And of course, you can't unring the bell. The bell has been rung and the horse is out of the barn. Now, look, I mean, we, you know, we, we still like to be with other human beings. That's fair. But we want to be able to embrace the, the virtual as well, because 
this is how we can, you know, speak to people across the ocean uh, without having to, to move very far at all. We might have to just like walk upstairs or into that other room. So it's a powerful uh, a medium and mode that we don't want to disregard because there's un really there's unlimited benefits. And just even me and you connecting, Sue, is is a blessing in itself, being able to, to tap into that. So we don't want to just shove aside and disregard and discount uh, something that is proving to be a, a very viable option. Yeah, I definitely think it's here to stay. <laughs> well, I'm glad because like I said, it's, it's, it is a, a way when you approach it, it's your mindset, isn't it? Do you believe that it works? Yes. I, yeah. Your, your mindset may not be everything, but it's a heck of a lot, isn't it, Sue? Yes. It definitely is. And that's when, you know, we've been going through to see, okay, look at all the changes we've been through. Look at everything that's happened, but we're here. And what you said about the present, living in the present, is that hard for a lot of people just to take time to live today mm -hmm. in the present and not think about tonight or tomorrow or next week? Mm -hmm to focus right where you're at. Is that hard for a lot of people? It's very hard. And that's why people resist things, practices like meditation. They, re they resist it because their mind is so active. They have that, you know, what's called monkey mind, that mental chatter. It's like a bunch of monkeys jumping around in your head. And they say, no, 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 I'd rather do this thing. Uh, but truthfully, people uh, lean into the past as the mono, as the uh, prescription for how to, to live today. But like I said, a lot of that, may have worked well but much of it did not so you want to be able to learn from there and, and and alter from this point and change that neural programming that's hard to do to actually be present because if you start to sit still you'll start to think hey well what am i eating for dinner or you know what happens when i get older and you know you start going to these places and it's fine to say be able to plan i know you like to plan some fun trips i do too and being able to plan ahead, but you don't want to get stuck in anxiety and trepidation and fear about what could happen. But if you can arrest your mind, and I say arrest it, Sue, and bring it into the now and just breathe and be grateful, like look at me and you right here, right now, like we're in a comfortable environment, each of us, and we're we're grateful for so many things. Things like this can can bring us back and we can breathe. We can say like, gosh, I have this body that's functioning actually pretty well. I can bring myself here and enjoy it. You know, you can't, it's hard to enjoy you just sitting in the past. Gosh, I wish I would have done that. Why did they talk to me that way or whatever? Or, or you're in total anxiety about the fear. You, you can't, your body can't relax. Heck, your body can't even heal if, if you're too caught up in those two realms. You have to be present and slow things down and just be here now. Quit trying to multitask and do all these million things because if I don't get this done then people won't like me and I'll fail and I'll look dumb and whatever, it's okay. You know, like just allowing yourself to be as present as you can be. And it, it's a gift. In fact, one guy wrote a book, I think it was Spencer John, Johnson many years a day, uh, years ago called uh, The Precious Present. And everybody thought it was about a literal gift, but it was about the present moment. Mm. That's, that's powerful. I can't believe 
this happens every week. It's almost time to close. Oh you know? and I have yeah. one last, I have yeah. one last thought for you. Okay. Uh, how will you, or what will you do today to be remarkable? That's really, really good. I, I started off with a, with a great, uh, morning practice and you know for me that it does in, in, in involve meditation a little bit of yoga inspirational reading and, and so forth so i got off to a good start and uh i'm gonna take a, a really nice walk at a park today i'm gonna be working as you know i i like to work i like to be productive and then later today my wife angela will be having a keynote i will be the cameraman yeah i've got a professional camera that i'll be using and uh, recording her and we help one another with things so i'm going to be sue i'm going to be very very supportive i'm going to be very mindful and that is going to help me be remarkable and i know you'll help her too that that's really great so. that's really great now <laughs> my challenge for our audience that is viewing today is what are you going to do to be remarkable today we find, we heard a lot of things today. So take the time to process that. Also, here's the information of how you can book Dennis for your next event, because I'm sure you want to hear more by now. And I love how you are sending us comments and helpful tips because we only want to be better. We only want to be better. And next Friday at the same time, we're going to have as our special guest, the iconic Calvin Stovall. You won't want to miss it. And thank you so much, Dennis, for joining us today. And I hope everyone has a remarkable weekend coming up. Thank you, Sue. Everyone be well. Yes.